What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Double Move Sports. As always, I'm here with my partner in crime, Alex Lott. Say what's up to the people. What is up, guys? Guess what? It is mock draft season officially. You heard it here first. Okay, maybe we weren't the first ones, but we're closing in on the season. You know, I know it's June, but drafts are going to start happening here in July and August, and you can never start prepping early enough. So we have an awesome mock draft episode for you today. We'll be bringing several of these at you as we get closer to draft season. Super, super hyped for this episode, Steph. Season does not stop. Never. You don't sleep. I'm ready (laughs) to get into it. I think we're going to learn a lot here. I've been running through mocks both live uh, and simulated. And we're going to go through one here today from the 110 spot. Let's go ahead and jump into it. This is a PPR redraft mock for the 2020 season. Let's get started. Pretty standard roster. You got your quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a flex, tight end, and a defense, no kicker, and six bench spots. Pretty pretty chalk here to start off with. You got wow. Chris McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry at the 107, Joe Mixon at the 108, and DeAndre Hopkins at the 109. That's that's a pretty uh, early pick for Hopkins that's there. Crazy. Uh, but let's see who's on the board for us at the 10th spot. Sadly, Mixon and Henry did not fall to us. Those were the guys that I was eyeing here. So, wow, look at look at some of the names still on the board. So at wide receiver, we have Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Tyreek Hill still there. We have Kenyon Drake. Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders uh, staring at us at running back. Alex, this is actually a pretty tough one to me when when Adams falls, but just with the running back scarcity, I am tempted to say Drake. I know that might be a a, a gross take in like ADP wise. It's a little bit too early, but just with the running back scarcity, I have to do it because I don't want to be stuck uh, with a rough running back core um, and having to essentially have to take names like Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, Lev Bell later on. What are your thoughts? Yeah, they're making this really, really tough on us. I mean, I know on the, on the show, Steph, we've preached the importance of grabbing running backs early this season. There are so many good wide receivers in you know, the middle to late rounds, rounds three through six. There's a ton of guys you can go grab. So we've really focused on getting running backs because the depth runs out really, really quickly. And, you know, Joe Mixon and Henry going off the board makes this hard. And I don't think I can pass up Devontae Adams here. I have him as my number two wide receiver to Michael Thomas. He's going to get a ton of volume in that offense. The Packers should um, have some positive regression in passing touchdowns. I know last season Aaron Jones ran for 16 touchdowns. Adams missed a good chunk of the year. It seemed like he and Aaron Rodgers were missing a bit of their rapport, and I think he's in for a huge season. So, no, I typically wouldn't go Devontae Adams or anyone at the wide receiver position in the first round. But, man, I just can't pass up the va- the value here. And if we take Adams, there are still guys, you know, Drake, Eckler, Jones, Sanders, even Chubb and Jacobs that we can take on the turn in round two, and I think we would be be really set up there. So, to me, it's Adams. Um but I'll let Let's you do make it. the final call. I know you're a big-time Adams fan. I'm a, I'm a big Adams fan, and I'm actually a really big Drake fan. I'm really hoping he falls to us, but doubt it's going to happen here. Let's go ahead and smash on Adams. I think we're going to be pretty happy with that. Off to a great start. He's my wide receiver, too, as well. So that's a double-move sports stamp of approval. So we'll smash Let's Adams go. there. 
Let's go back to the draft board. So after our take of Adams at the 110, we had Tyreek Hill, oh. Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake. And, and I like that Eckler-Drake stack as a, as a start to a draft for the 112. I would have loved to have Drake fall to us. I'm really big on Drake, too, this year. I have him right in there with Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon in terms of points. I know that's a bit of a hot take. So he was in consideration for me there at the 110, but Adams – was too good to pass up. So to me, Steph, I mean, we snagged Adams. We can't start out receiver, receiver this year with how deep the position is and how thin the running back position is. So we're really going um, running back here. So let's see who is still on the board. Yeah, so we got Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. To me, this is actually a, a pretty easy one, uh, and it may be a hot take. Based on the, the expert consensus rankings, here it is. I would say Josh Jacobs. Who would you take? Would you look at Sanders or Jones? I'm with you. I, you know, I'm surprised. I'm with you there. I think there's more upside potential for a guy like a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or a Miles Sanders. But when I think about my RB1, who is the safest of this group? I don't want to botch my first running back selection. It's Josh Jacobs. He's going to get the running work. He's going to get the rushing touchdowns. He is the goal line back. Hopefully we see that uptick in passing volume this season that could actually take him um, up a tier in terms of the running backs. But for me, it's Jacobs. The volume is safe. He should score some touchdowns. And that that's the easy pick. Yeah, for it, me, it's Steph. hard to see. Like Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, they're all just, yes, they're great players. We, I think everybody could agree they're elite talents. I love Nick Chubb, especially as a Browns fan. But it's just when you look at like the Packers brought in A.J. Dillon, they, we, they've never been able really to free Aaron Jones. And I do expect some touchdown uh regression from him not as much as maybe some others are thinking which is i mean his his ranking here at 10 it's a little high for me but i get it 100 miles sanders i mean doug peterson's gonna share the ball he's splitting passing work with every running back that's under the sun and then you know nick chubb has kareem hunt there so it's just hard it, it's hard when josh jacobs is the clear-cut one uh no questions about who's gonna share that backfield with so let's go jacobs here hot take for you i mean if we would have been able to get a running back in the first round i would this is this is hot but i would have actually considered kelsey there at the beginning Whoa. of the second round. I'm much more comfortable taking him in the middle um, to the end of the first round, depending on what other names are on the board. But I just want to express how high I am on getting one of those elite that, tight ends. Wow, early season. second is, is way too early for me. I'm looking back of the second. Probably not. I mean, looking at who else is there, probably probably not. But I would have thought about it. I definitely would have thought about well, it. Well, after we took Josh Jacobs, we started a big running back run here. All the names went off, the, all the guys that we just talked about. So Jones, Sanders, Chubb go right after us. Uh, and then we have another uh, receiver run. Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, then your boy Travis Kelsey. Back of the second. I don't mind that. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the 211. Wow, that's pretty early. Usually he, he's going around the third. Um, looks like, you know, the Saquon owner wants to take their shot here. George Kittle. So, you know, that's typically what you see, right? When a, a, when the first tight end goes off, the other one's right behind him. Same thing that we saw for Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes uh, after Mike Evans and Allen Robinson were, was taken. And then at the 305, they had uh, Juju, Zach Ertz at the 306. That's, that's nasty to me. Um, wow. And then we have Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Leonard Fournette off the board. So back to us at the 310. If we look to the teams behind us, because, yeah, this is the point where we can start to see, right, who's going to fall. So the team right behind us has the Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones stack. Incredible stack for them. Uh, happy for that team. Uh, and then the other team behind us went running back, running back. So, you know, we were looking at some drafts earlier where the teams behind us, um, yeah, at this turn here, both at running back, running back, we don't get that luxury here to say, hey, we know somebody's going to fall. So pretty much everybody's on the board um, from wide receiver and running back. Let's take a look at who's available. 
Wow, this is interesting. I mean, <laughs> I look at the receivers here. DJ Moore and OBJ are tempting. Um, they're both values for me at this position. I have OBJ as my wide receiver 10, a little bit lower on DJ Moore compared to the consensus. But to me, this is easy. You got to go Todd Gurley. And the reason being, if we don't take Gurley and say at, at this turn, Gurley goes and maybe even like a Melvin Gordon goes, we're looking at our RB2 being Chris Carson, um, James Conner, David Johnson. I just don't feel nearly as comfortable with that. Whereas if we go with uh, Todd Gurley here, even if Moore, Beckham, Woods, Ridley go off the board, they're still like Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett. The list goes on and on. There's 10 to 12 receivers here. I feel very comfortable with as my wide receiver too. And there's really only one or two running backs, Gurley, Gordon. And you know I like Le'Veon Bell this season more than the consensus um, as an RB2. Um, so for me, this is an easy pick. It's the running back. Uh, and it's Todd yeah, Gurley. Yeah, it is, it is Todd Gurley for me, especially when you look at uh, his matchups just based on 2019 defenses. His first eight weeks, Todd Gurley's first eight weeks are fantastic. He has really, really soft matchups that entire stretch. The only thing you got to know when you take Gurley, like we will here, is you're going to have to hedge. So maybe we do look at some names like Mark Ingram, Devin Singletary, Jonathan Taylor later on. So let's see what went after us here after taking uh, Todd Gurley at the 310 spot. We had both of the wide receivers – OBJ and DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley all went right after us. And then Melvin Gordon was taken off the board at the 402. So now back to us at the 403. Right now, our roster is mm. Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, and Devontae Adams. So, I mean, to me, like, let's look at wide receivers right away. Yeah, Robert Woods pops at me here. I'm actually really big on both DJ Chark and Terry McLaurin this season and Stephon Diggs. I, I'm a little bit higher than the consensus there. Another place to consider is the tight end spot. Mark Andrews is still sitting on the board. Um, he's my tight end three as of now for Mine the too. season. Oh, I take that back. He is my he is my tight end four behind Zach Ertz. But either way, he is in that elite tier. Um, so I, I do – here's Steph. Here's the thing. I look at these receivers, and there's still 10 to 12 names I feel great about as my wide receiver too. So I feel very comfortable that, no, I might not get the choice of the group, but there's going to be someone I'm really happy with getting back around to us. And I know we have a while to wait, but I feel pretty confident that's going to happen. We're at the running back spot. It's getting pretty thin. So I have no problem stacking up on running backs and going with a Le'Veon Bell or a Jonathan Taylor here. My pick would be Bell. I know we disagree on that, but as a running back three and a guy who should see a ton of volume this season, having Le'Veon Bell as an RB3, especially when we have Todd Gurley, who we know has an incredible, incredible injury history and injury risk, would make me feel a lot better about the running backs that we have on the roster. Yeah, you know, I hate the Lev Bell pick. I would, you know, if this was just my draft, I'm definitely going Jonathan Taylor, even Mark Ingram here. Um, yeah, even some names lower than that. But look, I, I'm not going to fight you on the Lev Bell pick here, especially it's just a, a you know, consistent volume um, receiving work option. And if the Jets happen to be better than we expect, uh, even more for us. So let's take Lev Bell here, kind of shore up that RB core. Awesome. That's kind of what we were saying, right? If you take Todd Gurley, you got to hedge him a little bit. Jacobs, Todd Gurley, and Le'Veon Bell as our running backs. Feeling really, really good about that. So after Le'Veon Bell, let's take a quick look at who went off the board. It was Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen. Andrews did go at the 406. After that, we saw another running back run. David Johnson, Jonathan Taylor, James Conner, Chris Carson. Back of the first round, we saw Deshaun, or back of the fourth round, excuse me, we saw Deshaun Watson go at the 411, AJ Brown at the 412. And then in the fifth, very wide receiver heavy, Parker, Woods, DK Metcalf, DJ Chark, Waller snuck in there at the 505. Nice. And then we saw Lockett Hilton and AJ Green go. And then Russell Wilson, one spot before us. So a lot of wide receivers coming off the board there. 
you know, maybe I wasn't um, correct in saying that a guy I really love is going to come back to us. Those are a lot of the names I would have been looking at as a wide receiver too. But Steph, let's see who did make it back to us at the 510. Yeah, let's take a look. And, you know, I, I know I know Dak is going to be here um, because somebody just took Russell Wilson as opposed oh, to Dak yeah. Prescott. I hate that Darren Waller pick at the 505. I don't, I don't know what Sims are, are going on here, but let's look at the cheat sheets, what we got here. I mean, the team name is Crimea Rivers, <laughs> and I have a feeling they will be when they're about 2 and 12. <laughs> yeah, Kyler and Dak on the board. I mean, I know we're not taking a quarterback here, but I'm just, I mean, Kyler and Dak are both in my top four. <laughs> I have Dak at three and Kyler at four. So really surprising to see Watson and Wilson go above them. It is tempting. The fact that they're there in the fifth round is tempting, but... We are believers in late quarterbacks, so we will not go. There. Yeah, I mean, look at the wide receivers here. This one, I mean, there's a, a pretty clear standout left for us at wide receiver. This may have actually been a gift. We have Terry McLaurin, Stefan Diggs, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd at the wide receiver position there. Uh, and then we also have Mark Ingram, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery. So we could have actually waited. I think in hindsight, maybe we would have taken, you know, a Chark uh, or, a, or a Tyler Lockett with that last pick. But hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm good with Terry McLaurin. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm actually in my rankings. I'm looking at them now. I'm higher on Diggs than I am McLaurin, but I'm very high on McLaurin too. I have him as a mid-tier wide receiver too, which is that is exactly what we're drafting him to be here. And with McLaurin, there's a little bit less risk. With Diggs, there's a lot of variables in play. He's going to a new team. Um, you know, last season was very dysfunctional in Minnesota. I think talent-wise, Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in the NFL. But with John Brown and Cole Beasley both there, there's not a lot of passing volume to go around in that offense. We don't really know how he's going to translate with Josh Allen. I have no problem going with McLaurin, who is going to be playing with his college quarterback in Dwayne Haskins in Washington with a new head coach. I think McLaurin is going to take a another great step forward this season and be awesome. So, Scary Terry, welcome to the squad. Hell yeah, love to see that. Let's grab McLaurin here. And now let's see who feeling good about this roster. I am too. So let's let's rehash who we got here at running back. We have Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell at wide receiver. I feel great. Devonte Adams and Terry McLaurin. And let's see who went off the board uh, after that last pick. So wow, Evan Ingram at the six oh two. Other drafts that I've been in, he's fallen to the seventh or eighth round. We were able to get him and another mock we ran. So interesting to see Ingram go there. Diggs was taken. Um, Singletary and Dak were both taken as well. So let's see who we got here. We have three running backs, two wide receivers. I'm tempted to look at wide receiver here because I think there is a big drop off after some of these names. And yeah, I think there's some guys that are worth taking a deep shot on. So yeah, I think it's receiver. We're still a little bit thin there and there is a drop off. Hindsight is 2020. Can't believe David Montgomery is still on the board. If we could go back, maybe that Le'Veon Bell pick, we could have flipped for a guy like a DJ Chark. Um, and then we could have smashed David Montgomery here, right. but we don't have the luxury of doing that. Um, so this is a receiver pick for me. And, you know, I'm looking at Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, and Debo Samuel. I, I think those are the three I'm deciding between. If it were me, I'd probably go with Tyler Boyd. Um, improved offense this season with Joe Burrow coming in. A.J. Green still has some health concerns. And Boyd was very successful and efficient two seasons ago when he was splitting um, with A.J. Green as that wide receiver two or 1B in Cincinnati. So for me, it would be Tyler Boyd. I think the upside is there, um, but Steph, I mean, Debo Samuel definitely has the upside as well, but that feels a little bit more volatile to me, so I would lock this one in with Boyd. Yeah, I think I'll go Boyd as well. I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time, and I, I think I believe in Joe Burrow. I'm a Joe Burrow believer, and hopefully we can grab Burrow uh, much later on in this draft and make a little stack here, but I, I like the Boyd pick. I mean, he finished as the wide receiver 18 last year in PPR. I feel really comfortable with that uh, at my wide receiver two spot. Um, 
So let's let's smash Boyd here. I also think there's a lot of upside. There's a lot of upside later on in the draft at the receiver position. Guys we're probably not comfortable with as a wide receiver three, but names like Darius Slayton, Deontay Johnson, even some of the rookies that are out there. Yeah, they're unproven, but if we stash them as a wide receiver four or five, they could give us the upside that we need to potentially win us a league, and we don't have to count on them week in and week out. So love the Boyd pick here. Um, Steph, why don't you let us know who came off the board, uh, <laughs> off the board, the Boyd board after Boyd? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> say that ten times fast. We got Jarvis Landry, Gronk at the six oh five. That that's gross, uh, dude. <laughs> Debo at the six oh six. Then we had Edelman, David Montgomery, Michael Gallup, Hollywood Brown, Kareem Hunt, Kyler Murray at the six twelve. I think that's a steal for whoever got him there. Unbelievable. Mark Ingram at the 701. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks going back to back at 702, 703. Keyshawn Vaughn, and then a big QB run, which I love to see that because that means now I'm happy to wait a little bit longer at quarterback. So Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz all went back to back there. And then Marvin Jones got sniped from us. You hate to see that. Would have loved to mm. have him. As you love him, JJ. As, as an upside flex option week in, week out. I love Marvin Jones there. So let's look at. at um, you know, some of the positions. Let's see who's available. Steph, this is probably the first time in the draft that every position is on the board for us. I know we are big proponents of waiting on a quarterback. Right now, we're really balanced. Three running backs, three wide receivers. It's around the time I'd be willing to take a tight end if I didn't get Kelsey or Kittle early. So for the first time, I mean, we can really look across the board and say, what's the best value and where can we really improve this roster? And to me, there's a name that stands out. I, I don't know that you're going to agree, um, but it's actually at the tight end position. I would take Tyler Higby right here in the back of the seventh round. Wow, I, I do think that is a hot take. I kind of knew you were going to say Higby there. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's so tough yeah, for I, me this I, year. I, With When I look at some of the names there, like Mike Kosicki, Hayden Hurst, Noah Fant, being available one, you know, a couple rounds later, I think I'm okay to punt the tight end position. Some names here at running back to go with the upside. You got to remember, you know, we went with a wide receiver uh, in the first round. So to me, I'm saying, can we shore up that running back core as much as possible? To me, I'm willing to take the shot on Cam Akers of him being that you know, lead running back for the LA Rams. So that's my pick here. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I like the Akers pick there. I'm fine with it. I, I would also be okay with taking more upside shots later on. We see names like J.K. Dobbins, Ronald Jones, um, guys that I'm really excited about that I think could pop and really win you a league. We just don't know who it's going to be right now. But to me, there's there's still several names at the running back position. And look, I know I'm, I'm much higher on Higby than you are, but Higby is kind of one of my guys for this season. I think he's going to thrive. Um, he's my tight end five. Wow. And getting him at the back of the seventh rounds, look, we can, I'm a big proponent of two tight ends. I like taking a shot on an upside tight end. Um, and then a guy that's you know still going to be a deep shot if we're looking at names like Jack Doyle, Johnny Smith. But I'm kind of a fan of doubling up at the position. If you hit on one, you're golden, and you can drop the other. If you hit on both, you have a really good trade asset because there's never enough good tight ends in the league. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of taking Higby here. Maybe we go ahead and take your boy Cam Akers and see if Higby makes it around to us on the turn. Um, but, but for me, just knowing what the Rams are going to do in offense, they traded Cooks, they ran so much 12 personnel at the end of last season. I think they're going to kind of continue on with that blueprint moving forward. Um, so for me, it would be Higby, Higby, but I'm fine going with the other Ram and Cam Akers and seeing if we can have Higby come back to us. Yeah, so we're at the 710 spot. There's four picks after this one, and then it's back to us at the 803. Look, I, 
I don't know. I, I can't justify taking two tight ends. I totally get it. And, you know, the thing is, in the league that we're in, a, a you know, one-keeper league uh, that's a pretty intense redraft league, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with, you know, getting that value at tight end. I'm just not willing to gamble on that, that somebody's going to be willing to trade a haul for a tight end later on. I feel comfortable going Akers here, especially because it's a guy that I'm confident in. So let's go Akers and then see if Higby falls back to us just four spots later. So come on, Higby. There goes Akers. Come on. And let's go. Let's see who we got. Lock it in. I think he made wow. it. Wow. So I don't know what happened here. Who was Quentin <laughs> I, I don't know what happened there. I There must be a glitch of some sort, but Christian Kirk, Sterling Shepard. Fantasy pros. Come on. Who is Quentin <laughs> Flowers? Explain yourself. <laughs> Hey, wow. fine with me. We're getting Higby, so fine with me. So, look, Christian Kirk was one of the upside plays that I was looking at, but because there's so much more, like, think of um, Darius Slayton, Deontay Johnson, uh, that we could be taking here. I love taking Deontay, Deontay Johnson in the eighth round to me. Uh, is a steal. But, look, we already agreed upon it before. Your boy Higby came back, and now we'll have uh, that other Ram to pair Acres with. So, let's go ahead and smash here on Higby. I know it's a hot take to some, but look, it's the upside. This is this is a league-winning pick. If Tyler Higby is the one that we saw for the last five games of 2019, I mean, we just grabbed a guy that's essentially should be in that top four or five tier, um, you know, here all the way in the you know eighth round. So I'm okay with the Higby take at this point. So let's go ahead and smash on him. So Steph, Quentin Flowers is, according to Wikipedia, an American football quarterback for the Tampa Bay Vipers of the XFL. <laughs> so based on that, do not draft him in your draft at all. But don't know what happened here with Fantasy Pros, but we'll certainly take the value <laughs> on Higby there in the eighth round. Very, very happy with that. So let's go ahead and see who came off the board after Higby. Looks like there was a nice little running back run um, in that next tier. It was Mostert. Wow, Mostert at the 804. I've been seeing him go much, much earlier in a lot of drafts. I'm not super high on Mostert this year, but at that value, good That's for those steal. guys getting Mostert there. But it was Mostert, Swift, Darius Geist, James White, J.K. Dobbins. Then we saw Darius oh. Slayton, Sony Michelle, John Brown, and Philip Lindsay to wrap up the eighth round. Round nine, we it went Brita, Justin Jefferson, Deontay oh. Johnson, Brashad Perriman. Three, three wide receivers in a row. I know we both like Steph. Jefferson, Deontay Johnson, and yep. Perriman. Then it was Damian Williams, Cohen, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams, and Henry Ruggs. So we're here at the 9-10. Looks like the the teams um, you know, right after us, like on this turn here, have already gotten their quarterback. So honestly, I'm still not looking quarterback yeah, I might wait a little bit just because I, I don't think we're going to get sniped here, especially when he took Quentin Flowers. <laughs> um, so I'm not too worried about it. So let's let's see what we got going on at these positions. So at running back, the names are pretty gross, but there actually are some some guys I'm willing to take a shot on. So we got Carrion Johnson, Jordan Howard, Ronald Jones, Marlon Mack, Tevin Coleman. Uh, at the wide receiver position, Jamison Crowder. Anthony Miller, Emmanuel Sanders, Robbie Anderson, Golden Tate, and CeeDee Lamb, uh, who I might look at here. Let's see, uh, at quarterback, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Daniel Jones, one of those three uh, is going to get to us. I got to think that Stafford's like no question going to fall to us. Um, so I'm willing to pull the trigger on him. I think Rodgers is a trap. I've already talked about that on the show. Um, but Alex, who, who's your take here? To me, I, I think it's Jordan Howard. You know, in a vacuum, I'd take Jordan Howard. Like he's the best value here. But based on our roster construction, I feel really strong at running back. We have Jacobs and Gurley. Le'Veon Bell for some stability, and then already Cam Akers for upside. We have four strong running backs. I know you can never have enough running backs in fantasy football, but I look at our receivers, and I'm still not feeling super confident. I mean, Adams is locked in. I think McLaurin is due for a big season. Tyler Boyd 
is a little bit more shaky. So I actually think I'd go with the upside play here and go C.D. Lamb. I think he's wow. going to have a great role in that offense. Yeah, he's he's slated in alongside Amari Cooper um, and Michael Gallup. But I think there's going to be plenty of targets to go around in Dallas. Who's to say he's not going to beat out Michael Gallup for second on, on the team in targets um, this season? And if something was to happen to Cooper or Gallup, if they miss time, they both missed games last season – CeeDee Lamb's going to be in for a pretty big workload. So that would be my pick. I know rookie wide receivers historically don't produce at a super high level, but we have seen some outliers to that, especially in recent seasons. So I think CeeDee Lamb could be a really, really strong upside play here. Hmm. <laughs> if the guys right behind us did not have quarterbacks already, I would say let's go ahead and just lock up Stafford. But the fact that we can wait, I would have loved to at this point, um, you know, if we hadn't taken Tyler Higby here, then I, maybe I look at like a Jared Cook um or a name like that at this point i mean i'm not gonna fight you too much on the cd pick i love it as an upside play i love it as one that really complements the receiver core that we have and let's see who goes off the board here so rojo jameson crowder anthony miller jordan howard all of those guys i was hoping one of those running backs would fall back to us i mean this one for me it's easy it's matt stafford at this point i'm with you 100 percent. we're both big on stafford this season was putting up an incredible pace last year, was through eight games on pace for 38 touchdowns and close to 5,000 yards. Um, so he really doesn't have health concerns. I know he has that injury stigma, but um, outside of last season, he's really played for the full season most of his career. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, um, but I, I think Stafford is incredibly undervalued. And with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones at receiver, with TJ Hawkinson hopefully stepping up this season, Love the Stafford pick. Love him as my starting quarterback. Yeah, this is this is one of those reasons why you wait. And, man, we could still take another deep shot later on if we want to, to just take a gamble on a name like Joe Burrow or Drew Locke later. Let's go ahead and just smash on Matt Stafford. The 10th round, guys, especially this year, just with the COVID situation, like we already hear, like headlines are coming out that Ezekiel Elliott um, has been diagnosed. Like there's just these big names um, are liable to miss some time. Like when you get COVID, that's at least two weeks that you're missing time. And it could spread to others on the team as well, because that's who these guys are spending time with. But the 10th round is really, especially this year where I'm getting serious about locking up high value handcuffs uh, and looking at quarterback. Uh, so, you know, here, if, if maybe in the first round, we had a name like Dalvin Cook, we had even a name like, you know, Derek Henry and we want to get Darrington Evans, just, just to make sure we get our guy, um, you know, if we have Alan Kamara, you're taking Latavius Murray here. So that's just something I want to throw out there. We'll see if any of those names actually fall back to us. That's an upside shot I'm willing to take. But let's go ahead and smash on Stafford and see who falls. Matt Stafford in the 10th round. <laughs> Every single time I'll take Matt Stafford in the 10th All round. All day. Wow. Some names I liked. I just, I, I think I just saw them go off the board. So Emmanuel Sanders at the 10.04, that is not a name I like. <laughs> or Rashad Penny at the 10.05. <laughs> Ooh. We saw Marlon Mack, Preston Williams, Tevin Coleman, Michael Pittman, Latavius Murray, a high-value handcuff. Got his guy. Um, there in New Orleans. And then Hunter Henry, Alshon Jeffrey, close out the 10th. And the 11th, Carrion Johnson, Daryl Henderson, Niners D. Hayden Hurst at the 11.04, great value there. If we hadn't taken Higby, I probably would have looked for a guy like Hurst or Cook with our last pick, like Steph mentioned. Um, but after Hurst in the 11th was Sammy Watkins, Boston Scott, Bills D, Robbie Anderson, and Jared Cook. So here you are at the 11-10. So now, you know, two picks pretty close together. So we can wait for some guys to fall to us if we're torn here. But let's see who's on the board. Uh, not looking at quarterback for this round since we just took one. So I'm looking at running back, deep shots, uh, or upside shots, uh, and same at wide receiver. There's a couple that stand out to me at running back. We have Duke Johnson, Alexander Madison, Naheem Hines, Tony Pollard, Zach Moss. At wide receiver, we have Golden Tate, McCole Hardman, 
Curtis Samuel, Jalen Regor, Deshaun Jackson, Akil Harry. And just for, for my own curiosity, let's see what tight ends are here. So Mike Kosicki, Noah Fan, Austin Hooper. Look, if this were just my draft, those are the names that I'm taking here. Alex, is there a standout at the wide receiver or running back position for you? At this point in the draft, I'm looking strictly at upside. Like, I, I don't want a guy like Golden Tate is fine if I'm really struggling at wide receiver. He's a guy maybe during bye weeks or injuries or whatever you can plug in and he can't have a big game. But Golden Tate's not going to be a league winner. Um, so for me, at this point in the draft, I'm really looking for upside. And, and I would like to probably take one more receiver and at least one more running back. So at the running back spot, you know, Alexander Madison sticks out to me. I know we don't have Dalvin Cook, but there's a decent chance that he's going to see um, a start or two this season because Dalvin Cook's holding out. He's got the the injury history and the whole COVID situation going on. So Madison pops off to me there. Um, they're also, Justin Jackson, kind of the same boat. If, if Eckler sees any kind of injury or misses any time, like I think Justin Jackson's a high-value handcuff, he could have a little bit of standalone value as well. So at the running back position, those are the two guys I'm deciding between. At the receiver spot, I don't mind the Miko Hardman shot. Um, guys like Jalen Rager, there's rumors that Alshon Jeffrey could miss part of the season to start out. Even Deshaun Jackson right there behind him. Um, I like those names at, at receiver. Um, so for me, it would be one of those guys. Yeah, I think one of those receiver names will fall to us. I don't think like Alexander Madison's going to fall to us. Uh, at least I'm not as as confident about it. So let's take Madison yep. here. Madison would be my yeah, pick. Yeah, let's, let's go yeah, Madison. I like that. As well. It's just a you know, guy that could be a league winner. Like he could be an RB1 should Cook miss a whole season. So now let's see what we got. Yep. So right after us, after we took Madison, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, Austin Hooper there, which in the 11th, I, I think that is actually a, Great a pretty value. good value. Um, and then Duke Johnson of the 1201, McCall Hardman at the 1202. So all those wide receiver names you, you mentioned are pretty much there outside of Hardman. So that leaves us with, wow, Tony Pollard's still there. I would consider him um, as just one of those high-value handcuffs. I got a hot take for Zach you. Moss. I got a hot on, take. Real quick, I, I like Zach Moss. I know we're not going to take him because you hate him, but I, I really do like Zach Moss. I don't hate him. Well, look, he's, he's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Moss is fine. Zach Moss is fine. I think he will get work this year alongside Devin Singletary. And he's he's a handcuff with standalone value as well. I don't mind Zach Moss at all. Uh, but for me, I, I just want to throw out a hot take. I don't think we have to pick him here, but I just want to say it while he's still on the board. Ryquel Armstead for the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, I don't necessarily believe in the talent. I don't know enough about the talent to believe it in, in it, quite <laughs> frankly. But Leonard Fournette has had all sorts of issues throughout his career. He's been hurt. He's missed time due to off the field issues and his contract situation. He's going into his final year of his rookie deal. They did not uh, activate his option year. So there's been all those rumors about Jacksonville trying to trade Leonard Fournette. I still wouldn't say Leonard Fournette is in the clear from being a cut candidate. I remember last year we were a bit surprised to see Shady McCoy get cut before the season. Fournette certainly would be much more of a surprise than that, but Year in and year out, there's these surprise cuts of these veterans because teams are going to move on from them anyway. Jacksonville's not going to be competing this year. I think it might make sense for them to save the money. So if that happens, yeah. like it's Ryquel Armstead and Chris Thompson. I know there's still guys like Devontae Freeman out on the market, but if they're going to cut a veteran, I don't know why they would sign a veteran. Uh, I could easily see them cutting Fournette. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it does, you heard it here first. Cutting or trading Fournette. Ryquel Armstead being the running back for the season with Chris Thompson getting some passing work, and then they draft a running back next year. So, you know, that's a bit deeper, but with with a last pick in a draft, I don't mind taking a shot on a guy like Ryquel Armstead who could potentially wow. be a, a starting running back in a, in a fairly um, 
fairly heavy run offense. Wow, yeah, that's that's interesting take there. Uh, and and I'm with you. Like, there's there's definitely turmoil on the Fournette situation. Like, I, I like Fournette a lot as a player. So, at wide receiver here, I mean, to me, I'm I'm torn between two names. It's Jalen Regor and Deshaun Jackson. Which one do we feel more <laughs> comfortable with? And and to me, I'll take the the new hotness in Regor over Djax. Djax, I mean, we haven't seen him finish a, a full season in a very long time, probably the last like four to five years. Uh, so I'll take Regor there and just take the shot that who knows, maybe he does end up becoming the one in a pass heavy offense. We all like Carson Wentz as, as a, one of the you know, better quarterbacks in this league. We know he can pass the ball deep. And you know, if Nelson Aguilar and Matt Collins can get it done, I think Jalen Regor can get it done. So uh, if that's on top of that, it's also just a my guy that I loved coming into the draft. How do you feel about taking Regor here? I'm with you 100%, Steph. Love the pick. All right, let's send it. Send it. All right, so we took Ray Gore, and now we're down to our last two picks. We know we're probably going to take a defense with our last pick here. Uh, so who is that final name that we're going to pick up? Let's go back to the draft board real quickly. So after we took Ray Gore, we had my boy Zach Moss going, uh, Frank Gore, Tony Pollard, Golden Tate, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers fell to the 1208. I I really don't like That's Rodgers this year for fantasy, but 1208 is just At insane. At the 1208, yeah. That's hard to pass up. And this this guy already has Josh Allen, so uh, he's I mean he's probably feeling pretty good about his quarterback room. And then we got uh, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson going at the 1210. Little rich for my blood there. And then Naheem Hines, Zakil Harry, Ryan Tannehill, Noah Fant at the 1302. I think that's tremendous value. Denzel wow. Mims at the 1303. Devonta Freeman, someone's taking the shot there. Getting a handcuff at Darrington Evans at the 1305. Then we had our boy Danny Dimes. I was kind of hoping that he'd fall to us here, but that means there's another name that is left for us to scoop up. Uh, but then Deshaun Jackson went. Dallas Goddard went. Justin Jackson went, which I was hoping would fall to us here as another running back upside shot. So who are we taking at the 1310? To me, I love taking the upside shots on quarterback here. Last year, if you did it, you got um, you know Lamar Jackson. I think you I think you meant name. to say two years ago you got Patrick Mahomes. Last year you got Lamar Jackson and, and Kyler too. So look, the name that's here is Joe Burrow. I, I want to take the I upside shot. At I knew you were going to say it. You knew I was going to do it. it. And look, Matt Stafford. I'm really not worried about the injury concerns. I actually feel really comfortable with with Stafford as our our week in week out quarterback that we're throwing in there. But if Joe Burrow pops, we either have tremendous trade value uh, or we just have another guy that we can sub in should something happen to Stafford or he has a rough matchup. So, look, I'm taking the Joe Burrow pick. You might shame me if I'm wrong here. One other name that I want to throw out there, look, Mike Isicki's still here. Um, <laughs> even TJ Hawkinson, Johnny Smith, Jack Doyle here all at the last pick. So if we wanted to fully punt the tight end position, there's some of the names. Like, I would actually feel okay with Gusecki here uh, as our last pick just to make sure. We're not missing anything. We got Curtis Samuel, Hunter Renfro, D.D. Westbrook, Paris Campbell at, at wide receiver there. Uh, Chase Edmonds fell all the way here to the, the 13th round. Uh, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, Gio Bernard. So all just handcuffed guys uh, at running back. So, look, I'm going Joe Burrow. Any, anything to say before I smash this pick? I'm, I'm going to take it regardless. I'll no, I know. I'll give it to you. If it were me, <laughs> I would take T.J. Hawkinson. I'd take the upside there at the tight end spot. Um, and, and to pair him with Stafford and potentially have a nice little stack throughout the season would be cool. Um, but no, I'll give you Joe Burrow. I, I mean, there's a chance he does pop off week one. At this point in the draft, you're thinking about like, whoever I take, I'm probably going to end up cutting anyway. But right. if they do pop off week one, who do I want kind of that head start versus the waiver wire on? I don't have to drop half my fab for him. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have minded grabbing Danny Dimes in the spot. I, I definitely think he has major upside this year. But go for it. Take Burrow. We'll see what happens. Love it. So we're taking Joe Burrow there, and our last pick will be a defense. 
guys, that is one thing to keep in mind. I had to recently reach out to one of our commissioners to see, all right, are we required to take a kicker and a defense? I'm one of those guys that I would rather just uh, not take a kicker and a defense in the draft, kind of evaluate my roster and then see what defenses are left for me to scoop up uh, and a kicker if I have to take one. But if your league does kickers, it's probably not a great league. So <laughs> here's who we have. Baker Mayfield goes right after Joe Burrow. Chase Edmonds at the 13-12. I mean, we talked about the high-value handcuffs. That's that's insane to me that Edmonds fell that far because he's one of those guys that if, if the guy in front of him goes down, he's the next man up and he's going to dominate. We've already seen that. Uh, Baltimore Ravens defense. And then TJ Hawkinson at the 14-02. So, look, the, the main takeaway for me on this draft, I really didn't like the Higby pick looking back on it. But, hey, hindsight's twenty twenty. Alex, if you had to change maybe one or two moves here, uh, what would you have done? The, the big thing that stands out to me, I don't fault us for taking Le'Veon Bell at the 403, but based on how the draft played out, I would have actually loved to see um, us take one of those receivers there, like a DJ Chark, Tyler Lockett, T.Y. Hilton type player. Um, and, and then there was David Montgomery, a lot of running back value on the board for a while. So if I could run it back, probably would have taken another receiver early and, and flipped that with, with a running back. So in summary, our roster here at quarterback, we got Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow. At running back, we have Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Cam Akers, Alexander Madison. At wide receiver, we got Devontae Adams, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Boyd, C.D. Lamb, and Jalen Ragor. So two rookies. That's pretty interesting. Uh, And then at our tight end spot, we got Tyler Higbee in there. Uh, Alex, how are you feeling about our team here? It's a good squad. The running back depth is awesome. I feel great about it. I, I can't believe we actually ended up taking Devontae Adams at the 10. That was a little bit different than most of the mocks I've ran at the back end of the first round. So that makes things interesting. I love that we yeah. got the star power at wide receiver and got um, some really strong depth at the running back spot. I feel a little bit shaky about our receivers past Devontae Adams. I mean, I, I definitely think Terry McLaurin's in for a big year. Tyler Boyd should be on a much better offense there in Cincy if things work out. We have the Burrow-Boyd stack, which is nice. Um, and then we took the rookie. So receivers, I'm feeling a little bit shaky on. The good thing is there's much, much, much more depth at the wide receiver position if you need to stream a guy. I mean, listen to our deep shots of the week throughout the season, and you'll hear some names like Chris Conley, Russell Gage, <laughs> maybe some guys you've never even heard of. Um, not Quentin Flowers-level deep shots, but, Steven yeah, Sims. Steven Sims. Guys last season that we were able to really hit on. Uh, with good matchups and good opportunities. So I'm not as concerned at the receiver spot. Love the depth at running back. I love the Tyler Higby pick. I like the squad. I'd feel pretty good about it headed into the season. I think all in all, I would as well. Honestly, it is not a bad roster, and I think that's something that we can build a lot off of from this. Uh, Alex, anything to add here before we sign off? We're still in this you know, mock draft season, learning a lot. I think we already we learned a ton just from running this mock together. Uh, but anything to add here before we sign out? Yeah, one last thing to add. I know we're not taking the defense and special teams here, but something I've done for years that's kind of like a hack. You know, there's several defenses and special teams that are probably start every week, like the Niners, the, the Patriots. Um, a lot of people like the Bills this season on the defensive side of the ball. Something I've done every single year is I look at who the worst offense in the NFL is playing week one, and I draft that defense. So this year, to me, the Redskins are going to be one of the worst offenses. They're playing the Eagles week one this season. So for me, just like I would stream a defense off the waiver wire, I'm going to stream a defense by taking them in the last round of the draft based on that week one matchup. So I'm going to get a head start um, before everyone else kind of sees the schedules played out in my league. So, so yeah, I would take the Eagles here, get that great week one matchup, and go from there at the defensive side of the ball. Um, and that's that's kind of the last thing I want to even mention there. It's it's a little strategic move. 
um, that can really help you out in drafts and, and set you up for success. I will say last season I did the same thing. The Eagles played the Redskins week one, and that's the, the week that Case Keenum and Terry McLaurin um, absolutely torched the Eagles. So it doesn't always work <laughs> out, especially, you know, not knowing what the defenses are going to look like with turnovers like that, but just a little hack to think about when you're drafting. I love it. I love it. I love our depth. I think this was a, a really, really deep roster. We got guys uh, options every single week that pl- we can plug in. But thank you all so much for listening and watching. Really appreciate it. If you like everything we're doing here, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. It helps us out a ton. And as always, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. We're throwing out our takes on there, our observations from these drafts, uh, and putting some polls out there as well. So it's always pretty cool to see you know, where the consensus is among the community as a whole. And of course, all the Dynasty content on there as well. But nonetheless, thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time. Peace.